Welcome in to the Triple Play Fantasy Football Show. Let's go. going on everybody welcome into the triple play fantasy football show a proud member of underdog fantasy and shameless plug every time because we love underdog use promo code triple they're going to match your deposit up to 100 if you're one of those people that like depositing random amounts like 59 dollars, they'll deposit that or they'll match you on that so go check it out they got a lot they got a lot of great stuff with nba coming doc hosting a different setup than we normally have but I'm happy to announce that Alex Mateo is going to be a regular part of the pod moving forward. Alex, it's nice to have you back. Doc, it's, it's good to be back. When Dave sent me that text the other day, I was really, really excited. I'm looking forward to uh, talking and talking ball with you guys every Tuesday now. Yeah, and you're not allowed to wear Philly stuff on our pod. Uh, that's the rule. So you're gonna have to take, you're gonna have to change shirt mid pod. It's all about the fightings tonight, though. <laughs> it is. It is. And then we are joined by Gator J, Jason, at FantasyJ77. He is a producer and host for Fantasy and Frames and a host for Going for Two. And a big uh, Spencer, Spencer Strider observer as we talked back show. Yes, yes, yes. Well, I, I'm a Braves fan, so, you know, go Braves, um, beat Phillies, um, <sighs> be fine. Um, my question, though, is you, you told Alex he can't wear Phillies gear does that mean he has to strip on camera, or does that mean I just do you we know, have to censor this program? If it's on camera, my wife may be a little upset. <laughs> you know, you know, maybe maybe he turns the video off and just comes back in a jersey that's not Philly if he owns one. Well, yeah, I, I, I doubt it. They, Philly Philly fans don't have, own other jerseys. They own Philly jerseys and Eagles jerseys. This that is probably the, that is that is probably the most true thing ever. And oh, I, if you tweet that out. If you tweet that out, I will, will retweet that. It is a great tweet in its own. But enough baseball talk, guys. We're here talking football. We're entering week five. I feel like this is the point in the season where you can come to conclusions on players. It's not too early to take a victory lap or to, you know, if you're one and four, oh and five, start panicking, or if you're four and one, five and oh, start feeling really good. So, Jay, I'm going to start with you. Give me one takeaway from week four. Ooh. Bengals are in trouble. Um, it's it's been a rough start all around from Joe Burrow right on down to Irv Smith. Um, it's it's wow. Uh, didn't see it coming. Um, he's had one good game and the rest have been just eh. blame it on the calf. Whatever. I understand that you know Chase's days and and Higgins is now hurt and Irv's days all rely on Burrow with the calf being injured, but. Ouch, this team is in trouble. They're in trouble for our fantasy ownership as, as well, in my opinion, at this point. I was going to ask that because, you know, Burrow or Chase still doesn't have a touchdown this year. Obviously, a lot is dependent on Burrow. Do you think Cincinnati is going to do what we're all fearing? At some point, they shut Burrow down. They trade Higgins. They tank at Marvin Harrison Jr. 
Well, I, I don't think they can trade Higgins right now. He's got broken ribs, so nobody's going to trade for him unless they're going to give him away. They got to let him be get the back Panthers. Home. They're looking for a wide receiver well, one, but yeah, I, I do agree. Well, I mean, I, you know, they, they have to wait till he has a couple good games. It's yeah, funny right. you brought up the Panthers there because they used to have a wide receiver that they traded away. And I can't remember the guy's name. How he was a decent wide receiver. Oh yeah, DJ Moore. They traded him away, and now they're looking for a wide receiver. Great job, guys. Uh, another NFC South team that is woof, woof. Um, <laughs> but no, I mean T Higgins is hurt, so you're not going to be able to trade him right now. Do they shut Burrow down? Zach Taylor came out and said, they're, no, they're not shutting him down. But should they shut him down? It's probably The answer is probably yes on that. Yeah. Yeah, I think they should uh, start to – they should consider that sooner than later, especially if that they keep falling in that division. It's going to be, be a dogfight to begin with in the NFC North – AFC North, excuse me, for them to climb back, back mm-hmm. up in that race. Yes, it's still wide open, but – Jay, I agree with you, and I'm a believer in putting my money where my mouth is, and it's ironic you say that because I put a good sum of money on the Bengals under eight and a half wins on Barstool, and my my friend and I changed the line because we tried to bet like a, a very large amount. And then it wouldn't let us do that, and the odds changed right after. So that line is still there under eight and a half on Barstool. Did you do this before the season, or did you just do this like over the last couple weeks? This morning. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, so you can bet live in season. So when we talk about our best bets, look Mm -hmm. at that. If Bart and Patriots under seven and a half wins, that's still there. I'm because not every site has this. FanDuel and Bar or FanDuel and Barstool do. I think every other site doesn't have the Bengals' current season win total. So once again, take advantage of lines that are very favorable if you believe the Bengals are at some point going to shut it down alex i'm going to go to you what's your takeaway this week the nico collins breakout is here it's a legitimate year three breakout three of the four games he's seen at least nine targets and had six grabs in those three games and has had at least 80 yards including 200 yard games he is building a rapport with cj stroud fast all reports in Houston are the rapport with Stroud and Collins and Tank Dell. That offense is building something. There's a lot of doubt coming into the year. But they have a legitimate receiver. He may not be their number one next year, but they have a legitimate receiver in Nico Collins that they can pencil in week in and week out. What would you say his rank is the rest of the season? Wide receiver? In terms of fantasy, I... Like points per game basis, assuming points, he stays Points per healthy. game basis, he stays healthy, I see full PPR, probably around 14 to 15 a game. So you're Depending on if he scores, if he scores a touchdown, he'll flirt with a few 20 point games. So you're saying he's that wide receiver 11, you're saying he's 14 like, range. Okay. So like a high end wide receiver too. Yeah. I'm putting, putting your stamp with, on it. With, that, with that volume, it's with that volume. If it's sustainable, it'll be a when, not an if he's a wider, top-end wide receiver. Here's the thing about the Texans, too. I feel like Brandon Cooks was such an underrated fantasy mm-hmm. asset for years, and despite all the concussion concerns, he was relatively healthy the last couple of years. Really big target share. It's a completely new offense. C.J. Stroud didn't have rapport with anybody going into this year. So mm-hmm. for a lot of people that spent on Tank Dell week two for Fab, you know, it, it was only a small sample size. I'm not saying it yeah. couldn't change moving forward, but I, I think, Alex, that's a really good point you bring up. Yeah, my my thing on that would be I love the 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 Nico Collins call right there. 
absolutely love that. And I do think he's going to be a high-end wide receiver too and flirt with that back-end wide receiver one. But like much like I said about Burrow, C.J. Stroud, and this I, I'm on record of saying this, C.J. Stroud was my QB1 coming out of this class over Bryce Young. C.J. Stroud is proving it on the field. Absolutely, yeah. On why. And then adding Nico Collins to his fold, adding Tank Dell. This dude is something to be reckoned with. He's already a top 10 QB, overtaking, overtaking the likes of Burrow and and uh, uh, I mean, currently, yes. Well, currently, yeah, currently yes. I, it's a small sample size, but if you're going to talk about how they performed this year, um, it's interesting, Jay, that kind of ties into mine. The Steelers need to blow it up. Like you get rid of everybody that's not George Pickens because George Pickens, I think, has talent and is cheap. But you get rid of TJ Watt. You get rid of anybody with value mm-hmm. on defense. The Steelers are mids. They will never be competing for a championship at this point with the roster they have. And I'm a firm believer that you either tank or you contend. If you're okay being mediocre, it's why why play the sport in my mind. I, I know it's a very kind of drastic view but i i i was on record before saying before the season saying this the steelers don't have like one upper tier person on their position in the offense it's just a bunch of guys that are good Najee's a good running back i think he gets a lot of hate in the community yeah johnson's a good receiver pat fryermuth is a good tight end but like none of them are game changers and i think they completely have keep keep tomlin like obviously, Tom, Tomlin's a great coach, but oh, absolutely! I think just blow up the team at this point. Get value while you can. Tank. Kenny's not the guy. Mm-mm, not at all. I, that was going to be my question. As you said that, blow up the Steelers. Is Tomlin still there? I mean, this is an organization that has had what two. We we talk about the Packers, Packers and how they've only had three uh, uh, quarterbacks in thirty some odd years. Yeah. The, the Pittsburgh Steelers are the, the team that has had, what, two head coaches in like 66 years or something. You know, it's not 66, but it's a crazy number with Coward and, and Tomlin. I like the turn of the century. I'd like to think the Rooney family is smart enough to know that if they, for some reason, fired him, he'd be picked up within three seconds. Before he left. Yeah, and that despite his, the underwhelming rosters, he's always been 500 or above. Mm-hmm. And – I think, you know, coaches like that don't grow on trees. So mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see. He did say there were some changes that were coming on. Um, but looking forward to week five, these are the teams with buys. It's by season. We have the Chargers, the Bucks, your team, Jay. What are you going to do this Sunday instead of watching the Bucks game? I, I'm going to probably hang out. There's a couple. Actually, actually I'm going to be I'm interested in watching the Pittsburgh game. Okay. Um, I want to see what's going to happen there, and of course, Sunday night is just going to be a defensive battle that I'm that I can't wait to watch. So yeah, that's that's the plan for Sunday. While I'm not watching the Bucks win another ball game. Ah, there we go. And then <laughs> Seahawks and Browns are going to round it out. Um, but Week Four has kind of really, I think, put into perspective of some of the injuries that have just happened. It seems like every week somebody's getting hurt pay attention for somebody on your waiver wire. So we've kind of already talked about this, but just from a start sit per, start sit perspective, Joe Burrow, until he is deemed fully healthy and actually shows it, would you start him? And I, this is, we'll say a 12 team league one, or 12 team, one QB league and a super flex. Are you going to roster him Alex or at least start him, start him? 
one QB, I'm not starting him at all. I actually have made that decision in the last three weeks. I've started Jared Goff over him in one one league in particular. I've played Goff over him all three weeks. And until Burrow has multiple weeks where he's looking like himself, not not even like Joe Burrow of last year, the QB four points per game, but Joe Burrow, the not shell of himself in the pocket. Joe Burrow, who if he throws for 250 and two touchdowns, like that's a low baseline, but that's really what we're hoping for. They have 44 points all season. You can't start any anyone on the Bengals, period. Wow. And saying you can't start Jamar Chase, who was likely the 103, that's something we didn't think we'd be yeah. here. But I, I think you're still starting Chase. I think yeah. he's dynamic enough. He'll get open no matter who's throwing him the ball. But outside of him, you know, Joe Mixon and, and – Can't start any confidence. Yeah. Jay, going to you, Javante Williams, a hit pointer. Sean Payton said that it's not something that should keep him out long term. Seems like he might miss this week, though. Is Jaleel McLaughlin the top waiver wire pickup for you this week? No. I mean, it's it's he's not. Um, he's he's a rookie out of Youngstown State, undrafted. Um, there's got to be better options out there. Um, I, I mean, to be quite honest, and and the, and they're going up against who are they playing this week? They're they're not a the Broncos. Yeah, the Broncos are playing the Jets this week. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I'm not starting him against that vaunted Jet front line. That's not happening. I would rather, you know, we going back to Pittsburgh, I'd rather start Najee Harris or Jalen Warren yeah. over 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 a rookie undrafted free agent um that's going to be playing that that Jets D. You you and going back to what the Jets D did just on Sunday night or a, a Monday night there or Sunday night rather with against the Kansas City, they didn't look bad. They didn't get Patrick Mahomes a ton of of room to go and do work. Do you think that they're going to give Russell Wilson room? They're going to give – they're not. It's just not going to happen. So, yeah, no, I can't stop him. He's probably going to be the top waiver wire ad this week out of everybody. But it's week five. It, the, the waiver wire is really slim this week. Yeah. And there's always going to be a the top guy, which is usually a running back because of the mm-hmm. shallowness of the position. This is the caveat. That, this is the caveat, I think, where you you would spend a little bit more – because if if Javante misses time this week, he is probably going to get a starter's workload. I think he gets it more touches than P. Ryan. I think P. Ryan, we know who he is at this point. But the Broncos' offense hasn't been awful. 16 points in the first game, but 33, 20, 31. This is way better than they were last year. Obviously, mm-hmm. they're 1-3, but they look a lot better offensively, and their defense has obviously done a complete 180. But I actually think there's a little bit of fantasy relevance if you're, like I said, in a deep league, um, mm-hmm. you know, kind of just need a play. We yeah, have- desperate. I will. I will add this to the to the to the waiver wire, real quick. If you're in a fab league, I don't mind throwing a couple of dollars at him. If you get him, cool, fine. If you're in a priority league, don't. Yeah. Don't waste the priority. Don't waste the priority. I agree with that. Well, speaking of fab. George Cook asks, how much fab out of $100 should I spend on Zach Ertz? Seems like a solid tight end option if I ever wanted to move off Hawkinson for an elite receiver. I feel like that's all contingent on who else is available at the tight end. Because if the waiver wire's relatively deep, you probably wouldn't have to spend more than 3 $4 on Zach Ertz. 
But one tight end I would actually be looking to roster is Jake Ferguson from Dallas. He's still, at least on Sleeper I saw, he's only rostered in 50% of the leagues. George, if he's available in your league, I would absolutely go for Ferguson over him. It's all seven. He says there's literally no other quality options out there but Ertz. Here's my thing against Ertz. He came back from knee surgery. He, like we know who he knows he is at this time. Um, I wouldn't spend any money on Ertz. I'd keep Hawkinson. Yeah. The the positional value of a tight end. What about you, Jay? Yeah, I, I'm I'm keeping Hawk. I mean, he's he's probably right now he knows or he is the best one, the best tight end because of Kelsey missing that first week. He's tight end one uh, on the year. Uh, the one thing I didn't know, I just had to look it up. And I, Zeichert's no touchdowns, and he's still tight end 10. So that's yeah. that's nice to know. Uh, here's the thing with Jake Ferguson, and I, and I love that Alex brought him up, is he's tight end eight on the season. He's receiving 90% of the targets out of the tight end position. He's gotten 20-some-odd targets from the yeah. t- at the tight end position. And I got asked this a little bit ago, so I didn't know this. I had to find this out. Take a wild guess at how the next person on Dallas tight end targets how many? Less tight than ends. five. It would probably undersloot. It is five. It is five, and it's actually um, shoot shootmaker. Shootmaker. He's okay. got really? five. So yeah, that that tells you right there that it is all. It is all you, Jake Ferguson. You know, this is literally what he's doing to the to the tight end room. He's just reaching yeah. out. Yeah. Taking it all space, he takes up the masses. So yep. I think that's a good call. Uh, Jack writes Stroud or Fields this week. One and three. Something needs to change, or I'm doing the B Dubs Blazing Challenge. Those wings are spicy. Good luck, Jack. Hopefully, uh, you don't have to do it this year. But fellas, two young quarterbacks. Which one are you taking? I'm going Stroud. He's yep. you're at this point. If you're trying to avoid the Blazing Challenge, you got to go for the floor. They both have. Have a good ceiling. I, I'd take Stroud's floor over Fields' basement any day right now. Yeah, it's it's Stroud for me as well. I mean, he's just just he he's clicking with the team. He also plays Atlanta this week, who gives up a ton through the air. Uh, I'm trying to see who. Oh, and then Chicago's playing Washington. Washington's front four is yeah still very very good. It's on a Thursday night too. Yep. They're on yep. the road on a short week. I, I'm with you on Stroud. I think. He, you're not going to be mad benching someone that has a better floor, but you know Justin Fields is capable of nine points, and we haven't seen that from C.J. Stroud yet. So I think you go with the guys that are going to get you guaranteed points, or at least the safest bet too. Last thing, Kenny Pickett injured his knee. It's just a bruise. Uh, it does kind of seem up in the air, but what are you doing with your Steelers? I mean, are you starting any outside of a DFS play maybe? I mean, you're starting Najee if you if yeah if, if you if you have him. Um, if you remember last year, because it's going to be you got to remember too that, that it's going to be uh, Mitch Trubisky this week, and then next week Pittsburgh's on a bye, so it's, they're going to give uh, Pickett two weeks. Yeah, so it's going to be Trubisky this week. Next week is a bye. You might see him in what week seven, week six rather, or week seven. Yeah. Um, so if, if the only person that I'm starting, and I say Najee, but it. it I actually have a league that I'm going to have to start Najee and Warren, both of them, because the other running backs I have are either on by or injured. So I have Rashad White. I have Austin Eckler. Both of them are on by. And then, you know, 
I don't know it, it, what's you know. Well, of course, then we have um, uh, Nick Chubb is injured, so those oh, three yeah. are those three are out for me. So now I have Najee Harris and Jalen Warren. Which, by the way, I have to take Jalen Warren off my taxi squad to, to bring him up too. At at that point, you're hoping one of them gets a touchdown. You know, I've seen people in desperation <laughs> league start Latavius Murray, and you know what? He'll have the yeah. ugliest twelve carries for twenty two yards, but he'll get two touchdowns from there. So, but when you when you look at it, you, you Najee Harris and Jalen Warren are both averaging ten plus points. Mm-hmm. If I can get twenty two out of them, yeah, combined, I'll be fine. Yeah, and you may want to hide Trubisky and run the ball as much as they can, so they'll be rotating rotating them in or out. You just gotta hurt. You just gotta hope that uh, the third string running back, whoever that is, doesn't get a uh, touchdown. You'd be pretty angry. <laughs> Don't, that don't. would be brutal. That would be Doc, brutal. God damn it. If that happens, I'm coming through here. <laughs> I'm coming Please. over there. I will have jinxed don't it so bad. I will feel Christmas. so bad. Just know I'll be struggling with you in because I need Najee touchdowns in a league that I'm one in three. But we're talking some fantasy perspective, but let's be real. Gambling is legal in a lot of states and just gamble responsibly if you do. I don't need to say that just that long disclaimer. Jason, what is your favorite prop bet or just bet in general for this week? Hey, my favorite my favorite bet this week is going to be Miami um, minus 11 against that horrific New York Giants team. Um, it's at home in Miami. They might they might throw 60 on the board this week after getting just, you know, throwing 70 up two weeks ago and they're just getting just barn burned yeah. last week in, in Buffalo. Uh, I think they're a little pissed. Unlike, you know, I thought Denver would be pissed and then go to Chicago and actually take revenge. Yeah, that Denver defense did not care. They still didn't show up. Miami defense actually gives a damn. That team is probably going to throw 65 on the board uh, against that. You know, I, I saw that and then I had to think about it because I don't usually bet a lot of big spread or big mm-hmm. spreads on the favorite. But I'm you're right. This team put up 70 there and. Let's say they don't even get close to that. Let's say they get 40. There's no that way was, the Giants are getting 29. I love, and that I was without this. Waddle. They put up 70 without well, Waddle. Yeah. yeah. And the Giants stink. Like, that, it's... that That's... I'm sure as a Philly fan, you enjoy just trashing it. Any, <laughs> any, any, any NFC East... No, not, not the Giants at this point. It's like the varsity team just beating up on the freshmen or the eighth graders at this point. Like, you you feel bad picking on Giants fans. Here's the thing. Since 2000, they still have the most Super Bowls in the division. Like, that, that's what it ultimately comes yeah. down to. Those are hard-earned Super Bowls, too. Those playoff runs as six seeds and beating the Patriots. But Alex... Eight and... Eight and or uh, what is it? Uh, uh, eight and nine team. Yeah, they did good. They beat, an, they beat the, uh, the vaunted... Uh, what is it? The New England Patriots, their undefeated season. They, I think they were eight and nine that year or seven it, and nine does, that year. It doesn't they? matter. They want it all. They want it all. They, you, 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 get, you get the last laugh. Yeah. Alex, yeah. what is your favorite bet for this week? So I like the uh, the Texans given two and a half going to Atlanta. We already had our little love fest on CJ Stroud. We know Atlanta did not look good against uh, Jacksonville. Desmond Ritter may be competing with Daniel Jones for the worst starting quarterback in the NFL. The fact that Houston is getting points with the way they've been looking the last few weeks, I feel like that's just a no-brainer given the other potential lines. 
so do you believe that they're just basically saying this is a this is a coin flip game? The reason the reason Houston's getting points is because it's in Atlanta. Yeah, the salt. That's the only three, reason. Three points for home field. So that's, yeah, the, the Falcons would be favored by 0.5. and it does kind of seem like a toss up game when you look at it. But then when you see how bad the Falcons played last week, I mean, the momentum is completely different. They, they've they've nothing going right now. Yeah, it, it, yeah. When you when your head coach has to come out and go, no, 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 Desmond Ritter is the starter. Stop it. You know, there's some internal questions. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. If you watch quarterback now, you just kind of see how he's very – like they they probably stuck with Mariota too long last year. And Arthur Smith just seems reluctant to like admit that there is fault at the quarterback position, which is fine. We all know it. Um, Mine, I like the Cardinals plus 165 over the Bengals. Uh, The Cardinals are one and three. They've had leads in two out of the three games they've lost in the fourth quarter at Commanders and versus the Giants. They blew a twenty-eight nothing lead. We're looking at this team different if they're two and two. Yeah. They could even be three and one. And you know, against the Niners, I know they want they lost sixteen to thirty-five. They played them close. It was a twenty to sixteen game in the second half. And you know, I think they're a team that's just playing very hard. I think we all thought that they would tank. But I don't think new coaches go along with tanking. Mm-hmm. I think new coaches are, you know what, I'm fighting for my job every day. So we've talked a lot about kind of the Bengals and how they're falling apart. They won't have T. Higgins. You can just kind of sense that the Bengals lose this game. And now we're like, people are kind of half talking about them here and there. Like, oh, is there something wrong? If they lose this week, this is like, okay, we're officially Panic panicking. Mm-hmm. We're panicking at one and four. So... Yeah, that's that's super interesting. If they go zero and five, if the Bengals go zero and five, well, they've won a game we, so far. Oh, did they against I, the Rams? I, oh, okay. So if they go one and four with a loss to the Cardinals, is that when they say close up the hatches? Where this this season's done? I it might they, be close. If, Who do if they, they? If they were smart. So, obviously, they play their division games. They're going to play the Steelers twice. And the AFC North is the most physical division in all of football. Then they play at the 49ers. They play at the Chiefs. They play verse home uh, against the Bills. I looked at this when I was making the bet. I was like, the Bills, Chiefs, 49ers are probably three losses right there. And you're telling me to look at the rest of their division or the rest of their schedule. Their games, yeah. And maybe they don't split with the Steelers. They split with the Ravens. They already lost versus the Browns. Um, they still have Seattle as well. They have a uh, the NFC West is their NFC division this year. I, you know what we need to do? I think these are, are these the are all league. insightful picks. We got to put a parlay down this weekend. We got to put a parlay down, even if just a couple bucks. Something us three. If this hits with those with this, this will, pick, this will always connect us. So we'll we'll talk about this off air. And okay. you know, if anybody's <laughs> listening. I think this is a great thing to tail. Obviously, we'll have to see how it plays out. Hindsight's 50-50. For Zach's favorite segment, which I'm going to do, it's real and, spe- real and spectacular fakes. So, Jay, were you a, a Seinfeld guy at all? Uh, no, but I have seen I have seen a few of these shows, so I I kind of I'm kind of with you. So okay, so yeah, we'll, we'll see we'll see how bad we'll see how bad I do. I, you know, it's just in terms of <laughs> fantasy takes. So. The first, the Cowboys D slash special teams is the fantasy MVP for the first four weeks of the season. Real and spectacular or fake? Um, 
I, I'm going to say fake because I believe that the San Francisco 49ers D has probably been better to this point. Keep in mind the draft, like the draft position. You might have taken Dallas as like the fifth or sixth okay. defense. You might have had to spend up a little more to get the 49ers. 49ers, right. Yeah, the the one that the, the the one thing that I keep going back to when it goes to this defense is the Arizona, the Arizona loss. Yeah, right. That that does that that kind of hurts. Um, I guess I guess yes. Okay, so in that aspect, it would be the 49ers, but draft position, yes, it would be it would be Dallas because so they that, were probably what the fourth fourth uh, probably the fourth defense taken. I think 49ers, Jets in some drafts went yeah. ahead of them. Um, the Saints, like Eagles because of the sacks. Eagles, mm-hmm. Eagles because of the sacks. To your point, in ESPN standard scoring, though, this is the Cowboys through four games. 35, 16, mm-hmm. negative two, and 26. Oh, the, the answer is as much as this pains me. Absolutely. It's essentially you're getting another legitimate flex option with the Cowboys with that defense. It's like a few years back when uh when the Patriots defense oh my god 2018, 2019 when Stephon Gilmore won defensive player of the year. Like that year, that's what this Cowboys defense is. Here here's what I'll tell you and too. It it pains me. Diggs not me. being there though. Diggs not being there. That, they've hit is, their peak. They've yeah, Diggs not being have. there is gonna be a problem. What's going on, Jorge? Appreciate you joining us. So I will say this as someone that has the the Cowboys D, but I know what it's like to probably face them. When you see like a 25 plus point from your opponent's defense, you get so angry. I think I think more than anything else is, oh, QB fine. Josh Allen had five total touchdowns. He has those games a couple of years ago. When a defense has that good of a game against you, it is so morally deflating. It's like this How do you- from Entourage when Ari looks at his phone and – launches it against the wall. That's what I want to do when I see Dallas defense on my phone. Well, how do you think the people, how do you think the people felt last night going into the Seattle Giants game up by like 12, 13 points (laughs) and and look and go, okay, Seattle, Seattle's they're projected at like 11, nine. Oh, I should win this game. And Seattle throws up a 30 burger on defense. Well, that, that's a Daniel Jones effect. You, you, yeah. you almost have to be but, but you know going into it. it. It's to this point that the fact that we've seen a lot of really big scoring games from defenses so far, I think more this year than any other year, year. that I can remember through four weeks. I, I'm on the – Jeff Ratcliffe had this this thing he, he said about defensive scoring. Defensive scoring is so 1980. It, it needs to be updated super, super bad. We This is the only position when we start a game, whether it's a fantasy game or whatever, when we start looking at our fantasy scores at, at, at 1 o'clock in the afternoon on a Sunday, we have the it's the only position that has a positive points right away, number one. Every other position that we play has um, uh, percentage points, you know, whether it's yardage, whatever. This was the, the the points for defensive and special teams was set up so that when old people like me, when we were back in the 80s playing fantasy football, we only had pen and paper. And so we had to write everything down. There wasn't these computers that do it for us. So it was easy to add. 
we have to do we have to update it and that's that's up to a couple of uh sites that, that need to fix that but that's a really sorry. good point that's yeah. a really good point or at least maybe modify it to five to start because that way it gives you a little bit of a buffer if you're mm -hmm. you know a lot of times losing it um alex starting with you on this one and i'm curious as a 49ers fan because i'll have my own thoughts later cmc will be the consensus 101 next year how many more years is he locked up in san fran is he I is he still under control next year? I here's my thing: whether he's under control or not, so, I think I still he, think it is. I, th I think he's going to be back I with the 49ers. I think this is his best chance to win a Super Bowl. He's gotten paid. He's he might be the type willing to take a restructure or pay cut in order to be the team to compete in this window. Then absolutely, if he's on the 49ers, he will be the number one pick next year. Okay, even though he'll be past that cliff for running backs, he's not your traditional running back per se you're not going to give him 300 carries up the gut and that's it like last game he still had eight targets and not all of them were just like little swing routes from the outfield like he from the backfield he lines up in the slot he lines up on the outside they get him in motion if he's in san fran he's gonna have that number one floor next year again yeah, I just looked at Christian's uh, contract. He's locked up till 2020, 2025 or 2026. He's got two voidable years on there, but so he's got there. He's there for two more years. Unless Atlanta gets a competent coach and Bijan overtakes him, CMC's your number one pick as long as he's in San Fran. I think that's probably the guy that's going to be 102 is Bijan, but Jay, would you take CMC at the 101? I mean, you, you, you have to, right? You, you're taking him as long as he's healthy. If he makes it through this year healthy, then yeah, he's definitely the one on one. And then, like you said, Bijan's probably the one on two. Then we're talking wide receivers, whereas this year we're talking wide receivers and then running backs. We we with the way that the running backs have fallen this year, you want to does you want to grab that stud that you know is going to stay healthy and I then agree. backfill. But you know what? For those of us that went really deep into Chubb, thinking he's the epitome of durable. And <sighs> That, that's that's the thing. I mean, I, CMC is going to be the 101 because assuming he stays healthy, he's going to be the number one running back, and he's been shown to do this year in, year out, rushing and receiving. He's on a good offense. But I think Bijan is going to be – that's where I'd rather have the second pick next year, where I'm okay trading down one spot and then getting someone sooner on the way back because, you know – Anytime you can advance in the second round, if if you're okay with who, you know, between a couple guys in the first round. Mm -hmm. And CMC is one of the few backs where it's not a committee by any means. Like he is the guy. <laughs> you're right. Kyle Shanahan just says we need to get him less touches. Say, yeah. And then like he doesn't have the him. influence and then proceeds to give him 90% of the touches. Of the opportunities. The yeah. Never bet on Christian McCaffrey uh, rushing under attempts for those that are listening comes from experience to finish out our show. Give me one guy you're yeeting off your roster, Alex. Any Titans receiver, they're a roster clogger at this point. If you have them, you're only going to play them out of desperation. If your entire receiving core gets hurt, cut them, cut bait that way. When a waiver wire pickup does happen, you won't have to have that decision to drop anyone because you'll have that open roster spot. You don't even need to replace it this week. 
just get it off your roster. Okay. No Titans wide receivers. Love to hear that. What about you, Jay? Who's someone that you're plucking off your team? Well, as a diehard Florida Gator, this is really going to hurt my feelings. But at this point, you have no choice because Jonu Smith is becoming the tight end one in Atlanta, and it is not Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts um, is playing more of the outside, more wide receiver, and unfortunately, due to money, whatever, they will not change him to a, uh, a wide receiver, uh, which means we cannot use him in that wide receiver role. Um, and with the current uh, quarterback, they do not throw to the wide receivers in that offense. Um, they throw to Jonu Smith, and that's it. They don't even throw to B. John Robinson very much, um, even though he's damn good at when he does catch it. But, yeah, it's – it's. like I said, it, as much as it sucks, it is Kyle Pitts. Yeah. The talent is there, but he doesn't play tight end, and they don't – Desmond Ritter doesn't know how to get the ball to wide receivers. Yeah, so here is my thing. You keep him until there's a quarterback change. I think there's one sooner. Right? I think there's you give it a couple more weeks. I think. Yeah, and I, when I'm when I'm answering this question, I'm looking at more this year redraft kind of a thing. Yeah. If we're talking I'm, dynasty. You're oh, actually I mean, a hole. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Obviously a hole. Somebody that I can't think of anybody that has, barring injury, and I know Kyle Pitts is coming back from an MCL sprain that seemed more serious than it actually mm. was reported. Um, I've never seen somebody's dynasty value tank because of the usage to go from a thousand yards as a rookie to what, what do you think? What do you think Kyle Pitts uh, dynasty value is right now? Well, you probably didn't even draft. If you did a startup this year, you probably didn't even draft him until like the 10th, 11th round. He's probably your last quote unquote starter yeah. that you drafted. Um, and it, and it, and that's because at that point you're like, golly, the value is just too good, too good to pass up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Little fun fact about your your Florida Gator Kyle Pitts. This high school is about two and a half minutes from where I live in Warminster. There you go. Artificial Give it away your location. Internet stalkers like this. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, for so, mine. Go ahead. Go I'm ahead, sorry. Jay. No, I was just going to say, so in the internet stalkers, you know right where to find Alex. Just it's exactly. about two and a half minutes from <laughs> high school. Um, we can uh, You can rewind and listen to it again. Make sure you get the spelling correct because Google does not like you to misspell words. Yeah, uh, it's funny. Uh, years ago, we uh, were very private about our information, and now we give <laughs> You can find out so much uh, from someone via social media, whether it's us, whether it's play. Anything, yeah. My my cut is Antonio Gibson, and he's probably cut in your league. And this is somebody that I got a decent amount. Uh, owned in 53.3% of ESPN leagues. I still think that's too much. I live in the D.C. area, or I have a commander's friend mm-hmm. uh, as a roommate. So I watch all the games. I don't need to give you stats, even though they would back up my argument. But he's the definition of the guy that does the most. And it worked when he had younger, fresher legs. I think the injuries have added up. I was guilty of thinking that Brian Robinson, who we saw last year, was going to be the Brian Robinson to expect this year. And, you know, this is what happens when you don't get shot in the offseason is you're a much better player the following year. And obviously it's a great story in its own. um, But I don't think there's a spot for Gibson on this team. And even with the shallowness of the running back position, 
I think if something was to happen to Brian Robinson, Gibson gets They'd still make another move. No, I agree with you there. I think there was a there was a chance for Gibson to do something this year, especially with uh, uh, the new OC coming over. But the fumbles have just yeah just been a problem for him. And if they can, if he can't fix that, then you know, like I'll give you, I I have a lot of Antonio Gibson and been holding him, been holding him. I finally. Just over the last hour and a half, I've got a couple waiver claims for for uh, uh, Michael Wilson out of Arizona. Mm-hmm. Um, and Antonio Gibson is the one that I'm dropping to get him in those leagues that I'm able to get him. So, yeah, I, I, I'm 100% on board. Uh, unfortunately, because I thought, you know, I, I thought he was going to be something this year. I thought yeah. they had a chance. Yeah, I did too. And, you know, they used Curtis Samuel in ways that Antonio Gibson would if he wasn't home. there. You know, end around short passes, and they paid Curtis Samuel a lot more money than what Gibson's making. So, I think from a financial perspective, there's more reason for him to use him. But, Mm -hmm. fellas, that does it throughout the show. I'm going to say my random tight end touchdown because I'm going to hit one of these weeks. One of these weeks, I'm going to hit my tight end touchdown. This week, it's going to be Darnell Washington. Darnell Washington is getting his first touchdown. The Muth is out, hopefully, not hopefully, but expectedly. Uh, Darnell Washington, I think, scores a touchdown this week. You guys have any obscure tight end touchdowns? Just put it out in thin air right now. I wouldn't say obscure, but Dallas Goddard hasn't found one yet. Oh, that's not obscure. Come on. One, he hasn't one, found one, one yet. One where you got to get in the bag and get it. The backup tight end in Dallas. Whoever has those five targets behind Jake uh, Stuberger, there you go. What about you, Jay? All right, let's see. I, I, I better throw this one out there because with Irv Smith being out. Drew Sample. Hudson. Is it is it Todd or is it Tim? Uh, Tanner Hudson. Tanner out Hudson. Of, yes. Out of South Arkansas. Oh. That five, year, five years. I, I think he finally work. gets one in there. This might have to be a first touchdown. <laughs> I don't think any time touchdown is going to be as juicy enough. He had two catches for 18 yards last game. Jay, that might be a, a, a bet that you just throw a couple bucks on. Yeah. Uh, back, fun story to end the show, and I want to give David credit on this. Alex, do you remember Tyree Jackson for the Eagles? Yeah. Ex-Florida Gator. My brother uh, had a good feeling he would score first touchdown, and this is before the apps were legal at a bookie. And the odds were uh, plus 3,800. For first touchdown, he had never had a a catch entering the game. And from the two, they do a shovel pass to him. And I did not bet for my brother because I was unclear if he wanted me to or not. But I had a roommate that bet 20 and won 760. And uh, so just short story about those those obscure tight end touchdowns because sometimes they pay off. Yeah. So... That's going to wrap us up here. Um, guys, great show. Almost 45-minute mark. Uh, Jay, thanks for coming on. Absolutely. Thank you all for having me. First time I feel like we've talked, but it felt pretty yep. natural. Um, but please plug anything you're working on, where people can find you on the socials, all that good stuff. Yeah. Um, so today is Tuesday. Tomorrow is Wednesday. I'll be on 4th and Frames tomorrow on a Fantasy and Frames Network over there on YouTube. Um, Thursday night, I do my my pregame show with uh, Going for Two. Uh, we'll sit down with my two co-hosts and we'll we'll go through the game 
uh, for tomorrow night as or for Thursday night rather, and as well as a few prop bets like we did tonight. We'll give you a couple uh, couple of cards that you can go and play, mix and match with, and 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 do that. Sunday morning we do our start sits uh, on the Sunday morning pregame show, and you know Tuesdays is is waiver wire Tuesday for fantasy and frames as well as everybody else. But we do a live show. We I did that right before we got on here tonight. Um, super super fun. Um, eight o'clock on Sunday is is I'm sorry, nine o'clock on Sundays when we get started. It feels like eight o'clock, but nine o'clock on Sundays when we get started. So, yeah, you can find me over at Fantasy J over there, uh, uh, Fantasy J seventy seven on Twitter X, whatever. More importantly, though, don't necessarily just go follow me. Go follow Fantasy and Frames, and then go follow these guys. Go follow Triple Play Fantasy. I appreciate that, Jay. Plugging us back. This is the handshake emoji in real life. That's what you and I are doing right now. (laughs) Alex, what about you? Anything you want to plug? You can't say anything about Philly sports. That's the one thing for this 30 seconds of FaceTime you don't get. All right, I got nothing. (laughs) (laughs) You You can see me here on Tuesdays. Awesome. Well, make sure you follow the show at Trip Play Fantasy and subscribe to both of us because we got you, you know, great content coming out. And and we're guys that are passionate about it at the end of the day. But for Doc, for Jay, for Alex, we're going to make like a bread truck and haul these buns. Good luck in week five. We'll catch you week six.